You've arrived at the Frontline Records Rewind. Your host, Brian Healy of Dead Artist Syndrome, a little-known goth band. Executive producer, Adele Meisenheimer, and engineer, Scotty Z. You can find us here on a regular basis, so keep coming back. Right now, sit back, relax, and crank it up for Frontline Records Rewind. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another version of Frontline Records Rewind. Tonight we've got a really, really special show. We get to bring your attention to a wonderful, great album. Uh, And we get to have interviews with the producer and the band. And it's to celebrate the release of Krombacher's incandescent technically it's a re-release but it is now available for digital download and it is important to us that we bring this important record to your attention it like everything else you'll hear on the show is available on frontlinerecords.us itunes and amazon.com and i'm here with executive producer adele meisenheimer hey hey and engineer scotty z cat got his tongue new hairdo though looks great Chicks will dig it. Uh, anyway, here we go. Because I was on tour being a rock star, Adele Meisenheimer got to do the brunt of the work on this one. And I'm sort of tagging along in wide-eyed wonderment like you are, the listener. So here's Adele Meisenheimer with Stephen Krombacher. Hey, listeners. I'm really, This is Adele Meisenheimer. I'm really thrilled to be interviewing Stephen Krombacher, founder of Krombacher, as we release their very first album, Incandescent, digitally for the first time. And we get to hear Stephen's thoughts on how all of this began. One of the reasons I'm really excited about interviewing Stephen is because we go way back. He, Stephen, you may not remember, but I was Adele Merrick, publishing administrator at Maranatha Music, when you the songwriter of the Krumbacher works, signed them to Maranatha Music. So here's here's my recollection. Uh, Maranatha Music was a division of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and we were going big guns with the Praise series. In fact, about the time that you came on the scene, we were the largest publisher of Praise and Worship music in the world. And uh, the pastor, Chuck Smith, wanted to give emerging artists in the church a a platform and that's where MRC label started which stands for Ministry Resource Center and somehow you made your way on that will you please tell us how that happened it's a Yeah, it's absolutely everything that you're not supposed to do (laughs) to to get discovered. I found that out after the fact. But I, you know, I was about 18 or 19 years old when I started um, just just shopping my demos to different record labels. I didn't know that you really shouldn't send unsolicited demos to labels, that most of the time they would toss them. But I I think back in those days, too, um, the whole Christian music scene was a little bit smaller and maybe a little more... um, a little less industry mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, than it is now. So I, 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 it was really looking back on it. I had a lot of correspondence with different labels at the time. They were very kind to me, and uh, I, I had a lot of them say, "Sure, go ahead. You know, send us a, a tape, and we'll listen." And um, you know, that was back in the days of just mail and telephones. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, 
I'd send my tapes off to different labels, and then they would, I'd wait, and, and most of them would get back to me. How about we play Jamie right now, since that was another song that you were pitching at that time. A uh, video was made of it. you want to tell us just a little bit as, a, as an intro to Jamie? Sure. It, it, it's uh, oddly enough, when we first went into record incandescent, it was just supposed to be kind of a, a little six-song uh, EP. It wasn't supposed to be a full full length uh, LP. It wasn't going to be distributed nationally or anything like that. It was just going to be local, uh, custom label uh, through MRC, and um, and which was fine. It was a good opportunity for us as a new band to get uh, some songs together. So we just recorded six songs for it. And Jamie was not even on the original version of Incandescent. Um, at the point that that it was decided, let's go ahead and put a couple more songs on this, and we'll release it as a as a full length. Um, you know, we didn't really know which songs we were going to add, and that was one that that uh, Joey had had suggested from uh, some of my past demos. Um, so uh, oddly enough, yeah, that one wasn't even supposed to make it on the original uh, album, um, but I'm glad it did. This actually all happened to someone that we knew, someone that the band grew up with, and um, we knew uh, from our church youth group. So it was a very personal song for us, and I don't know, maybe I just felt like it was a little too personal um, to put out there. But um, it, it is a true story, and um, you know, so I, I'm I'm really glad that that uh, that they suggested we do it. We we went through a few name changes. We had to find the right name. Yeah, <laughs> <song>. right. <laughs> to protect <laughs> the innocent. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't always Jamie. You know, it, 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 it's it's kind of funny when you're doing a song like that. It's like what what name do you use? You know. All right, good. Well, here's the all right. Here's the title that stuck with it, Jamie, from the album Incandescent. Change your mind. 
Stephen Krumbacher, and we're getting the inside scoop on the digital re- uh, release of Incandescent, Krumbacher's first album. And Stephen, there's another song that we wanted to hear your thoughts about, Glowing in the Dark. Yes, that, that one was always, uh, I, I think that's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a song, uh, you know, when you're a new group and, you, and you're first putting together songs, it, you don't necessarily know what your sound is going to be. Um, you kind of have an idea of what you want to do and then you try different things and uh, some things stick and some things don't. Um, When I was writing Incandescent, I I had my mind, I thought, I I really want this to represent kind of who we are as a group. I I wanted it to be, you know, kind of, kind of a fun song, but I wanted it to be, um, you know, I wanted to have a good vocal presence in it and, um, you know, just kind of a positive, uh, a positive message to it. Uh, And so, I really started off wanting that to be that. I wanted this to be Crumbacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it was really kind of a difficult song to do at first um, because, you know, as a, as a young band, we hadn't done a lot of performing. So it was, there were a lot of vocals in it. And, you know, we bombed several times <laughs> out with that one and we almost dropped it. I thought this is kind of beyond what we can do. Mm. Um, but we kept up with it and, and it really became a, a you know, popular in our shows. And, and I was really glad that we were able to find a way to do it. And um, I, I just really enjoy the song. Like I said, to me, uh, Glowing in the Dark was a song. I really wanted people to hear it and say, that's Crumbacher. That's, that's their sound. All right. There you and, go. Uh, so. Well, great intro to Glowing in the Dark. And it's Crumbacher's sound right now.
You know, the, the next song we wanted to talk to you about is Track You Down. What's the history on that? When, when we were first starting the group and I was putting songs together, a lot of the times I, I didn't really write the songs. Um, a, a lot of the songs were written out of the necessity to, to have a full set to perform. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote uh, one particular song as our opening song. You know, this mm-hmm. is going to be our opening song. We need a good opening song. Yeah. And, and in the case of Track You Down, we didn't have a song I felt this is a, a good song to leave people with, you know. Uh-huh. And so I wrote this one, really, I thought we need a good closing song. And um, I, 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 when I look back on it now, I, I just kind of have to laugh a little at the lyrics because it's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of an extreme version of what we were doing, you know, a kind of almost stalkerish mm-hmm. in a way. But you know, I, you know, we were basically saying, I, I think the gist of the song was supposed to be, you know, we're going to be, we're go- we're out there with you in the real world. When you when you think you're you're not, you know, we're not there. We're out there with you. We're going to keep an eye on you. We're going to we're going to take care of you. Yeah, it is a really good reflection of of your group, though, because you. Uh, you love your fans. You were always really yeah. responsive to them, and you would answer letters and all of that. And you still do to this day. Especially, you know, Dawn. She's she is faithful about that. And yes, so, I is. I think that is a really great reflection of who Crumbacher is. And that yes, you weren't just there performing. You're the audience. We're the band, but we are in this together. So, track you down. Closing song. Here you go.
Frontline Records Rewind is sponsored by Mize Music Group, home of Frontline KMG Damascus Road Records, extending the life of Christian legacy music. I'm on the phone with Jim Wisner, drummer for Crumbacher, one of the founding members, really, and we're thrilled to hear from the drummer. We, we don't get to hear from them very often, so thank you so much, Jim, for calling in today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. How about tell us a little bit, uh, you went to school with Stephen Krumbacher, and how did you connect, and, and maybe just give us a little history on how that all came together, and, and the band, and we'd love to hear really your take the way, on it. The way I entered the band was really through my sister Dawn, um, mm-hmm. who's in the band. Um, her and Steve were, were, uh, were close uh, in that they, they were working together with a church youth group, that I was in for a brief time. Um, and when Steve uh, put the band, needed to put the band together, he called Don, and Don in turn got a hold of me. Um, and it, it happened very quickly, if you haven't heard that before. It, uh, Steve was actually in need of a band to support his, his writing and what he was doing and having a contractual, uh, you know, all the different propositions that were taking place. Um, so I got pulled in through my sister. Um, we had just come back from uh, overseas, having grown up overseas uh, with uh, missionary parents. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I, I had a job. I was, uh, I think I was 19, maybe at the time when uh, when I got the call. So mm-hmm. it was just through through the church and through um, our relationship that that was built there. Mm-hmm. Well, we we've asked each of the members, Stephen, yourself, and Dawn, to choose a couple songs off the Incandescent album that we're releasing digitally. And one of your choices is Understudy. Tell us kind of your favorite part about Understudy. Understudy for me, um, I couldn't tell you all the background, you know, that Steve came from in writing it. But for me, as I came into that song, and they kind of presented it to me, and as we went into the studio... For me, it was kind of a, maybe not an anthem song, but a, a celebration song. Um, it was, I would compare it to like Footloose uh, mm-hmm. back at that time. Um, when Because the song started with the drums and the drum beat, and it was real quick, it mm-hmm. was like, uh, it reminded me of Footloose and how all of a sudden there's this beat and everybody jumps to their feet and starts dancing. And that's what we saw over and over again when we played live or, or when we were able to go to one of the venues that perhaps was a, was a dance venue for, for the kids at that time. Um, that song would come on and everybody would jump to their feet if they weren't on their feet already and mm-hmm. start bouncing around. And we saw that over and over again in concert. So it was kind of an anthem song in a way. And uh, I got to start that song yeah. And it was just neat to see that from stage when you start that song. That um, and secondly, on on the uh, the song itself, the writing, um, understudy. It was such a a great way to say or uh, to speak to um, a relationship with God and how it can play out or how it how it does play out so often that each of us, no matter what our position in life, has the opportunity to be that understudy. And at any given time, it can be your opportunity to stand in, and you never know when that's going to happen. 
Excellent. Well, let's hear that drum intro from Jim on Understudy. That was Understudy from the album Incandescent, and we're here with Jim Wisner of Crumbacher. Now, Jim, there's another fun song that you chose, Sweet By and By. Now, that's a public domain, uh, an old hymn arrangement that Stephen did. Tell us about that. I think that song was significant in that the three of us, or actually the four of us, um, Dan Havuin in part of our band also, uh, mm-hmm. Sweet By and By was a song that was so familiar to us because all four of us had grown up in church 
uh, even on the mission field, three out of the four of us on the mission field, it was so significant because that song, you would hear it in any given church service, um, didn't even need to read it out of a hymnal because it was so familiar. Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, it was a very reverent song, but at the same time, in the old the old way it was played and sung, it was a song of celebration. But what I think we did, uh, and Steve taking it the way he produced it, was that we took that celebration of, of the old style and plugged it into the current style at the time, and gave young people the opportunity to celebrate even even more. Um, or relate to that song even more than, than maybe they had. Mm-hmm. Um, that song, is, it reminds me, that song, of at least the musical side of it, taking a message, and it reminds me of like David when he when he danced in the streets, you know, and people thought he was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, that song puts a beat to a message that, for me, it makes me want to do, it doesn't make me want to do that, I, I can't say that. It perhaps makes me think of, like I said, about David jumping up and getting out in the street and just looping it up. Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. Well, here's Sweet By and By.
am on the phone with Don Wisner Johnson, another founding member of Crumbacher, who managed so beautifully vocals and keyboard and fan liaison. <laughs> uh, Don, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you have been not only an inspiring member of Crumbacher, but you continue to connect with fans and keep the name Crumbacher out there. And so more people can discover this really unique, fun music. And um, if it weren't for you, we really wouldn't have this incandescent re-release available digitally. And we really appreciate all that you you bring to this project. Thank you, Adele. Thanks. And, you know, Don and I really just met, oh, about three years ago when I had the opportunity to have this frontline catalog and manage it. And I enjoy her friendship so much. Um, you really are a delight, Dawn. And thanks for... Thank you. Same back to you, Adele. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Well, let's talk about one of the really fun songs on this project is Infrared X-Ray Eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was... Infrared was actually... I don't know if Stephen or anyone else has mentioned this. It was added to the project late in the game for Incandescent. Um, the album was only going to be six songs, and they wanted two more, and Infrared was one of those. Jamie was the other one, mm-hmm. which incidentally turned out to be two of our biggest songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Infrared for the band, oh my gosh, it was so fun to play live. We all wore sunglasses, <laughs> different colors, fluorescence, <laughs> and um, it was just a fun song to do. Um you know, live and and Steve really had a gift lyrically. I, I say that a lot, but it it is the truth. He's still one of my favorite lyricists mm-hmm. till through this day. But um, he had a gift of really writing lyrics that that said a lot in them. Every line was packed with something, but yet they were a lot of fun to do as well. And so, as a band, we had we had so much fun on stage. I mean, I. If anybody had ever seen us live, I think that would be one of the things they would remember is that we were a fun band. But I, I have to say that the music was part of that. It was it was fun music to perform. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, we're going to play right now Infrared X-Ray Eyes by Krombacher on Incandescent.
All right. Well, now another song that you get to talk about. Everyone's taking a couple songs here today, and that's So Strange is the title of that one. Tell us about that song. Yeah. So Strange um, was another fun song to do live. Um, But more than that... um, as we've been re-releasing this, I've been revisiting all of these songs, and that song had a lot of hope in it, mm-hmm. um, and it was talking about the new joy that you feel when you meet God mm-hmm. and when things take place in your life that you have no idea what you're feeling, and it turns out it's just so strange how this feeling is coming over you. And um, so it's all about the identity of the person who's met God mm-hmm. and... Um, and really is just trying to figure out what are all these feelings that are coming over me. And so what a fun way to talk about really God and the Holy Spirit working in your life. Mm -hmm. And so this was always one of my favorites because of that, because of the content, and because so many people told us several times that, that, you know, when they were listening by themselves, they they had this unspeakable joy, and they didn't even really know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I believe you know, it was God speaking to them through songs like this. Mm, Excellent. Thank you for that intro to the song So Strange by Crumbucker.
That was so strange off Incandescent. Don, what are your thoughts when you are reminiscing with this re-release about Incandescent? What what was going on at that time in your life and what made this album really meaningful for you? Oh my goodness. Um, I get emotional you just asking that question. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was such um, such an amazing opportunity to be in this band and to be, more than that, to be in the scene at the time mm-hmm. and be surrounded by Undercover, Alter Boys, The Choir, many more. Uh, those, those were some of our label mates that we were close to. But, you know, so much was going on in the music scene in the 80s and so much was happening. And really, I remember it just being a whirlwind of, of fun and just, actually wanting to pinch myself sometimes mm-hmm. like am I really doing this mm-hmm. because and meeting people like Sweet Comfort Band and Daniel Amos people I had been listening to and um it's so it it you know it was a part of my life that I would never trade for anything I I thank God for the time and for the leading us the way he did and leading Steve to meet Maranatha and all the people there it was just it you look back on it and it's like you you can see the hand of God just leading us mm-hmm. and and we walked right through it, and it was one of the best times of my life. So Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. And we're really excited about sharing this music with new fans and, of course, the original Krumbacher fans. Frontline Records Rewind is grateful for our sponsor, Mize Music Group. Fans can now purchase full album downloads of some of your favorites 
for Frontline 599. Go to FrontlineRecords.us and load up your iPod, iPhone, and Android and any other electronic device or music holder. And hurry before Mize Music Groups realize what they've done. Hey, we are thrilled to have Ojo Taylor here, producer of Incandescent. Thanks, Joe, for being with us. Uh, my pleasure, always. You know, uh, Stephen shared with us that he sent in demo tapes to various labels, and the one at Maranatha Music, they ended up picking it up on a compilation album called What's Shaken. Uh, ironically, when another group couldn't make it, they just squeezed it in there. What happened that day? How did you end up and being in the studio? And tell us about your big budget that you had. <laughs> well, um, I didn't know, or maybe I forgot that there was another band that couldn't make it, but that's very possible. All I remember is um, Bill Valenzuela calling me, and he was a co-worker of mine and, um, and yours, mm-hmm. and, and he said, what do you think of tape? And we listened to it, and, and um, you know, it was immediately, I think the demo was It Don't Matter, the, the song, although I'm not sure 100%, but it was immediately captivating, and I said, I, I think this would be great. We didn't really have anything like that. There was a real proliferation of bands around that time. When we were producing What's Shaken, we had already released God Rules and were actually writing for what would be Undercover's next album, Boys and Girls Renounce the World. So the song of ours that showed up on What's Shaken was on that Boys and Girls record. Um, and I had been working with a lot of these bands, the Lifters and the Altar Boys and um, CIA. And I think I think it just kind of naturally fell into my lap. Bill, um, you know, I guess had me in mind, maybe because I was a keyboard player as well, and said, well, I need to take these guys in the studio. Um, so we did. And the arrangement was, getting back to that budget question, <laughs> we had... We had studio time through uh, what was then Whitefield Studio, but on top of that, our budget was $100 per song. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I just remember the night as clearly as, as anything when Steve came in and, and he's a very polite, mild-mannered, soft-spoken. Um, I, I think he couldn't have been much past high school at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and he, he brought in his um, his makeshift keyboard rig. And the reason I say that is because one thing that stands out is that Stephen's father came in with him. And I guess his dad was a mechanical engineer. And he had kind of jury-rigged this device to put over the knob on Stephen's drum machine that controlled the tempo so that the, the tempo of the song, It Don't Matter, would be the same every time Stephen played it and it, it wouldn't drift. Mm. So, so we're, um, you know, we're doing all these things to, uh, you know, on our hundred dollar budget to get this really cool, uh, what was almost like the way I heard it anyway, it was kind of like along the lines of craft work or, or any of that <clears throat> European synth pop stuff that was coming mm-hmm. out. And, and I just loved the way the song turned out and it was a pleasure working with them. Well, that is a great intro. So here is Stephen playing solo the song It Don't Matter that ended up on the What's Shaken Maranatha Music MRC Sampler. Ideas, 
Well, we want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we want to thank all the members of Krombacher and Ojo Taylor. Phenomenal job by executive producer Estelle Meisenheimer and engineer Scotty Z. And this is going to wrap up another great version of Frontline Records Rewind. Everything you've heard can be found at frontlinerecords.us, uh, Amazon.com, and iTunes. Grace and peace. May all your hopes and dreams come true. Scotty, call the limo.